0: Hello, and welcome to Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality, the podcast. Written by Eliezer Yudkowsky, read by Inyash Brodsky, based on the works of J.K. Rowling. Second half of Chapter 18, Dominance Hierarchies. The Headmaster's Face Grew Grave.
1: Mr. Potter, one does not speak of a Hogwarts professor in such terms. I fear that you labor under a terrible misapprehension. Professor Severus Snape has my fullest confidence, and serves Hogwarts at my own behest, not Lucius Malfoy's.
0: There was silence for a few moments. When the boy spoke again, his voice was icy. Am I missing something here? Quite a number of things,
1: Mr. Potter. You should understand, to start with. The purpose of this meeting is to discuss how to discipline you for the events of this morning.
0: This man has terrorized your school for years. I spoke to students and collected stories to make sure there would be enough for a newspaper campaign to rally the parents against him. Some of the students cried when they told me. I almost cried when I heard them. You allowed this abuser to run free? You did this to your students? Why? Minerva swallowed a lump in her throat. She'd thought that, sometimes, but somehow she'd never quite... "'Mr. Potter!' said the headmaster, his voice now stern. "'This meeting is not about
1: Professor Snape. "'It is about you and your disregard for school discipline. "'Professor Snape has suggested, and I have agreed, "'that three full
0: months of detention will be appropriate.'" "'Declined,' Harry said icily. Minerva was speechless. This is not a request, Mr. Potter, the headmaster said. The full entire force of the wizard's gaze was turned on the boy.
1: This is your punishment!
0: You will explain to me why you allowed this man to hurt the children placed in your care, and if your explanation is not sufficient, then I will begin my newspaper campaign with you as the target. Minerva's body swayed with the force of that Blow, with the sheer Ra Lays Majesty. Even Severus looked shocked. That, Harry, would
1: be most extremely unwise,
0: Dumbledore said slowly.
1: I am the primary piece opposing Lucius on the game board. For you to do such a thing would strengthen him greatly, and I did not think that that was your chosen
0: side. The boy was still for a long moment. This conversation grows private, Harry said, his hand flicked in Severus's direction. Send him away. Dumbledore shook his head.
1: Harry, did I not tell you that Severus Snape has my fullest confidence?
0: The boy's face showed the shock of it. This man's bullying makes you vulnerable. I am not the only one who could start a newspaper campaign against you. This is insane. Why are you doing this? Dumbledore sighed.
1: I'm sorry, Harry. It has to do with things that you are not, at this time, ready to hear.
0: The boy stared at Dumbledore, then he turned to look at Severus, then back to Dumbledore again. It is insanity, the boy said slowly. You haven't reined him in because you think he's part of the pattern, that Hogwarts needs an evil potions master to be a proper magical school, just as it needs a ghost to teach history.
1: That does sound like the sort of thing I would do, doesn't it?
0: Said Dumbledore, smiling. Unacceptable. Harry said flatly. His gaze was now cold and dark. I will not tolerate bullying or abuse. I had considered many possible ways of dealing with this problem, but I will make it simple. Either this man goes, or I do. Minerva gasped again. Something strange flickered in Severus' eyes. Now Dumbledore's gaze was also growing cold.
1: Expulsion, Mr. Potter, is the final threat which may be used against a student. It is not customarily used as a threat by students against their headmaster. This is the best magical school in the entire world, and an education here is not an opportunity given to everyone. Are you under the impression that Hogwarts cannot get along
0: without you? And Harry sat there, smiling thinly. Sudden horror dawned on Minerva. Surely Harry wouldn't. You forget, Harry said, that you're not the only one who can see patterns. This grows private. Now send him... Harry flicked a hand at Severus again, then stopped in mid-sentence and mid-gesture. Minerva could see it on Harry's face, the moment when he remembered. She'd told him, after all.
1: Mr. Potter, once again, Severus Snape
0: has my fullest confidence. You told him, whispered the boy. You utter fool! Dumbledore didn't react to the insult. Told him what? That the Dark Lord is alive. What in Merlin's name are you on about, Potter? cried Severus in tones of sheer astonishment and outrage. Harry glanced briefly at him, smiling grimly. Oh, so we are a Slytherin then. I was starting to wonder. And then there was silence. Finally, Dumbledore spoke. His voice was mild.
1: Harry, what are you
2: talking about? I'm sorry, Albus,
0: Minerva whispered. Severus and Dumbledore turned to look at her. Professor McGonagall didn't tell me, said Harry's voice, swiftly and less calm than it had been. I guessed. I told you I can see the patterns too. I guessed, and she controlled her reaction just as Severus did. But her control fell a shade short of perfection, and I could tell it was control, not genuine.
2: And I told him that you, and I, and Severus were the only ones who knew.
0: Which she did as a concession to prevent me from simply going around asking questions, as I threatened to do if she didn't talk, Harry said. The boy chuckled briefly. I really should have gotten one of you alone and told you that she told me everything, to see if you let anything slip. Probably wouldn't have worked, but would have been worth a shot. The boy smiled again. Threats still on the table, and I do expect to be briefed fully at some point. Severus was giving her a look of utter contempt. Minerva raised her chin and bore it. She knew it was deserved. Dumbledore leaned back in his padded throne. His eyes were as cold as anything Minerva had seen from him since the day his brother died. And you threaten to abandon us to Voldemort if we do not comply with your wishes. Harry's voice was razor sharp. I regret to inform you that you are not the center of the universe. I am not threatening to walk out on Magical Britain. I'm threatening to walk out on you. I am not a meek little Frodo. This is my quest, and if you want in, you will play by my rules. Dumbledore's face was still cold.
1: I am beginning to doubt your suitability as the hero, Mr. Potter.
0: Harry's return gaze was equally icy. I am beginning to doubt your suitability as my Gandalf, Mr. Dumbledore. Boromir was at least a plausible mistake. What is this Nazgul doing in my fellowship? Minerva was completely lost. She looked at Severus to see if he was following this, and she saw that Severus had turned his face away from Harry's field of vision and was smiling.
1: I suppose,
0: Dumbledore said slowly,
1: that from your perspective, it is a reasonable question. So, Mr. Potter, if Professor Snape is to leave you alone henceforth, will that be the last time this issue arises, or will I find you here every week with a new demand?
0: Leave me alone? Harry's voice was outraged. I am not his only victim, and certainly not the most vulnerable. Have you forgotten how defenseless children are? How much they hurt? Henceforth, Severus will treat every student of Hogwarts with appropriate and professional courtesy, or you will find another potions master, or you will find another hero. Dumbledore started laughing, full-throated, warm, humorous laughter, as if Harry had just performed a comic dance in front of him. Minerva didn't dare move. Her eyes flickered and she saw that Severus was equally motionless. Harry's visage grew even colder. You mistake me, Headmaster, if you think that this is a joke. This is not a request. This is your punishment. Mr. Potter, Minerva said. She didn't even know what she was going to say. She simply couldn't let that go by. Harry made a shushing gesture at her and continued to speak to Dumbledore. And if that seems impolite to you, Harry said, his voice now a little less hard, It seemed no less impolite when you said it to me. You would not say such a thing to anyone you considered a real human being instead of a subordinate child, and I will treat you with just the same courtesy as you treat me.
1: Oh, indeed, in very deed. This is my punishment if ever there was one. Of course you're in here blackmailing me to save your fellow students, not to save yourself. I can't imagine why I would have thought
0: otherwise. Dumbledore was now laughing even harder. He pounded his fist on his desk three times. Harry's gaze grew uncertain. His face turned toward her, addressing her for the first time. Excuse me, Harry said. His voice seemed to be wavering. Does he need to take his medication or something? Uh... Minerva had no idea what she could possibly say. "Well," said Dumbledore. He wiped away tears that had formed in his eyes.
1: Pardon me. I'm sorry for the interruption. Please, continue with the blackmail.
0: Harry opened his mouth, then closed it again. He now seemed a little unsteady. Ah, he's also to stop reading students' minds. Minerva, Severus said, his voice deadly. You! Sorting hat warned me, said Harry. What? Can't say anything else. Anyway, I think that's it. I'm done. Silence. Now what? Minerva said, when it became apparent that no one else was going to say anything.
2: Now
1: what? Why, now the hero wins, of course. What? What?
0: said Severus, Minerva, and Harry.
1: Well, he certainly seems to have backed us into a corner,
0: Dumbledore said, smiling happily.
1: But Hogwarts does need an evil potions master, or it just wouldn't be a proper magical school, now would it? So how about if Professor Snape is only awful towards students in their fifth year and higher? What? What?
0: Said all three of them again.
1: If it is the most vulnerable victims about whom you're concerned, maybe you're right, Harry. Maybe I have forgotten over the decades what it is like to be a child. So let us compromise. Severus will continue to unfairly award points to Slytherin and impose lax discipline on his house and he will be awful to non-Slytherin students in their fifth year and higher. To others, he will be scary, but not abusive. He will promise to only read minds when the safety of the student requires it. Hogwarts will have its evil potions master, and the most vulnerable victims, as you put it, will be safe.
0: Minerva McGonagall was as shocked as she'd ever been in her life. She glanced uncertainly at Severus, whose face had been left completely neutral, as though he couldn't decide what sort of expression he ought to be wearing. I suppose that is acceptable, Harry said. His voice sounded a bit odd.
1: You can't
0: be serious, Severus said, his voice as expressionless as his face.
2: I am very much in favor of this,
0: Minerva said slowly. She was so much in favor that her heart was pounding wildly beneath her robes.
2: But what could we possibly tell the students? They might not have questioned this while Severus was being awful to everyone, but...
1: Harry can tell the other students that he discovered a terrible secret of Severus's and did a bit of blackmail. It's true, after all. He discovered that Severus was reading minds, and he certainly did blackmail us. This is insanity! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Said Dumbledore. Ah," said Harry uncertainly, and if anyone asks me why fifth years and above got shafted, I wouldn't blame them for being irate, and that part wasn't exactly my idea.
1: Tell them that it wasn't you who suggested the compromise, that it was all you could get, and then refuse to say anything more. That too is true.
0: There's an art to it. You'll pick it up with practice. Harry nodded slowly, and the points he took from Ravenclaw?
2: They must not be given back.
0: Harry looked at her.
2: I'm sorry, Mr. Potter.
0: She was sorry, but it had to be done.
2: There must be some consequences for your misbehavior or this school will fall to pieces.
0: Harry shrugged. Acceptable. But in the future, Severus will not strike at my house connections by taking points from me, nor will he waste my valuable time with detentions. Should he feel that my behavior requires correction, he may communicate his concerns to Professor McGonagall.
2: Harry... Will you continue to submit to school discipline, or are you to be above the law now, as Severus was?
0: Harry looked at her. Something warm touched his gaze, briefly, before it was quashed. I will continue to be an ordinary student to every member of the staff who is not insane or evil, provided that they do not come under pressure from others who are. Harry glanced briefly at Severus, then turned back to Dumbledore. Leave Minerva alone, and I'll be a regular Hogwarts student in her presence. No special privileges or immunities.
2: Beautiful. Spoken like a true hero. And Mr. Potter must publicly apologize for his actions of today.
0: Harry gave her another look. This one was a bit skeptical.
2: The discipline of the school has been gravely injured by your actions, Mr. Potter. It must be restored.
0: I think, Professor McGonagall that you considerably overestimate the importance of what you call school discipline as compared to having history taught by a live teacher or not torturing your students. Maintaining the current status hierarchy and enforcing its rules seems ever so much more wise and moral and important when you are on the top and doing the enforcing than when you are on the bottom, and I can cite studies to this effect if required. I could go on for several hours about this point, but I will leave it at that. Minerva shook her head.
2: "'Mr. Potter, you underestimate the importance of discipline because you are not in need of it yourself.'
0: She paused. That hadn't come out right, and Severus, Dumbledore, and even Harry were giving her strange looks.
2: "'To learn, I mean. Not every child can learn in the absence of authority. And it is the other children who will be hurt, Mr. Potter, if they see your example as one to be followed.'
0: Harry's lips curved into a twisted smile. "'The first and last resort is the truth.' "'The truth is that I shouldn't have gotten angry, "'I shouldn't have disrupted the class, "'I shouldn't have done what I did, "'and I set a bad example for everyone. "'The truth is also that Severus Snape "'behaved in a fashion unbecoming a Hogwarts professor, "'and that from now on he will be more mindful "'of the injured feelings of students "'in their fourth year and under. "'The two of us could both get up and speak the truth. "'I could live with that.'" "'In your dreams, Potter.'" "'After all,' said Harry, still grimly, If the students see that the rules are for everyone, for professors too, not just for poor, helpless students who get nothing but suffering out of the system, why, the positive effects on school discipline should be tremendous. There was a brief pause, and then Dumbledore chuckled.
1: Minerva is thinking that you are more right than you have any right to be.
0: Harry's gaze jerked away from Dumbledore down to the floor. Are you reading her mind?
1: Common sense is often mistaken for a I shall talk over this matter with Severus, and no apology will be required from you unless he apologizes as well. And now I declare this matter concluded, at least until lunchtime.
0: He paused.
1: Although, Harry, I'm afraid that Minerva wishes to speak with you about an additional matter, and that is not the result of any pressure on my part. Minerva, if you would...
0: Minerva rose from her chair and almost fell. There was too much adrenaline in her blood. Her heart was beating too fast.
1: Vox, accompany her, please. I
2: don't,
0: she started to say. Dumbledore shot her a look and she fell silent. The phoenix soared across the room like a smooth tongue of flame leaping out and landed on her shoulder. She felt the warmth through her robes, all through her body.
2: Please follow me, Mr. Potter,
0: she said, firmly now and they left through the door. They stood on the rotating stairs, descending in silence. Minerva didn't know what to say. She didn't know this person who stood beside her. And Fox began to croon. It was tender and soft, like a fireplace would sound if it had melody, and it washed over Minerva's mind, easing, soothing, gentling what it touched. What is that? Harry whispered beside her. His voice was unstable, wobbling, changing pitch.
2: "'The Song of the Phoenix,'
0: said Minerva, not really aware of what she was saying. Her attention was all on the strange, quiet music.
2: "'It too heals.'
0: Harry turned his face from her, but she caught a glimpse of something agonized. The descent seemed to take a very long time. Or maybe it was only that the music seemed to take a very long time." and when they stepped out through the gap where the gargoyle had been, she was holding Harry's hand firmly in hers. As the gargoyle stepped back into place, Fox left her shoulder and swooped in to hover in front of Harry. Harry stared at Fox like someone hypnotized by the ever-changing light of a fire. "'What am I to do, Fox?' whispered Harry. "'I couldn't have protected them if I hadn't been angry!' The phoenix's wings continued flapping. It continued hovering in place. There was no sound but the beating of the wings. Then there was a flash like a fire flaring up and going out, and Fox was gone. Both of them blinked like waking up from a dream, or maybe like falling asleep again. Minerva looked down. Harry Potter's bright young face looked up at her. Are Phoenix's people? I mean, are they smart enough to count as people? Could I talk with Fox if I knew how? Minerva blinked hard. Then she blinked again. No. Minerva said, her voice wavering.
2: Phoenixes are creatures of powerful magic. That magic gives their existence a weight of meaning which no simple animal could possess. They are fire, light, healing, rebirth. But in the end, no.
0: Where can I get one? Minerva leaned down and hugged him. She hadn't meant to, but she didn't seem to have much of a choice in the matter. When she stood up, she found it hard to speak. But she had to ask.
2: What happened today, Harry?
0: I don't know the answers to any of the important questions, either. Aside from that, I'd really rather not think about it for a while. Minerva took his hand in hers again, and they walked the rest of the way in silence. It was only a short trip, since naturally the office of the deputy was close to the office of the headmaster. Minerva sat behind her desk. Harry sat in front of her desk. So... She would have given almost anything not to do this, or not to be the one who had to do it, or for it to be any time but right now.
2: There is a matter of school discipline, from which you are not exempt.
0: Namely? He didn't know. He hadn't figured it out yet. She felt her throat tighten. But there was work to be done, and she would not shirk it.
2: Mr. Potter? I need to see your time-turner, please.
0: All the peace of the phoenix vanished from his face in an instant, and Minerva fell like she had just stabbed him. No! I need it! I won't be able to attend Hogwarts! I
2: won't be able to sleep! You'll be able to sleep. The Ministry has delivered the protective shell for your time-turner. I will enchant it to open only between the hours of 9 p.m. and midnight.
0: Harry's face twisted. But...
2: but I... Mr. Potter, how many times have you used the time-turner since Monday? How many hours?
0: I... Hold on, let me add it up. He glanced down at his watch. Minerva felt a rush of sadness. She'd thought so.
2: It wasn't just two per day, then. I suspect that if I asked your dorm mates, I would find that you were struggling to stay up long enough to go to sleep at a reasonable time, and waking up earlier and earlier every morning. Correct?
0: Harry's face said everything she needed to know.
2: Mr. Potter... There are students who cannot be entrusted with time-turners, because they become addicted to them. We give them a potion which lengthens their sleep cycle by the necessary amount, but they end up using the time-turner for more than just attending their classes, and so we must take them back. Mr. Potter, you have taken to using the time-turner as your solution to everything, often very foolishly so. You used it to get back a remembrall. You vanished from a closet in a fashion apparent to other students, instead of going back after you were out and getting me or someone else to come and open the door.
0: From the look on Harry's face, he hadn't thought of that.
2: And more importantly, you should have simply sat in Professor Snape's class, and watched, and left at the end of class, as you would have done if you had not possessed a time-turner. There are some students who cannot be entrusted with time-turners, Mr. Potter. You are one of them.
0: I am sorry. But I need it! What if there are some Slytherins threatening me and I have to escape? It keeps me safe! Every other student in this castle runs
2: the same risk, and I assure you that they survive. No student has died in this castle for fifty years. Mr. Potter, you will hand over your time-turner and do so now.
0: Harry's face twisted in agony, but he drew out the time-turner from under his robes and gave it to her. From her desk, Minerva drew out one of the protective shelves that had been sent to Hogwarts. She snapped the cover into place around the time-turner's turning hourglass, and then she laid her wand on the cover to complete the enchantment. This isn't fair, Harry shrieked. I saved half of Hogwarts from Professor Snape today. Is it right that i be punished for it? I saw the look on your face. You hated what he was doing. Minerva didn't speak for a few moments. She was enchanting. When she finished and looked up, she knew that her face was stern. Maybe it was the wrong thing to do. And then again, maybe it was the right thing to do. There was an obstinate child in front of her, and that didn't mean the universe was broken.
2: Fair, Mr. Potter? I have had to file two reports with the Ministry on public use of a time-turner in two successive days. Be extremely grateful you were allowed to retain the time-turner, even in restricted form. The Headmaster made a flu call to plead with them personally, and if you were not the boy who lived, even that would not have sufficed.
0: Harry gaped at her. She knew that he was seeing the angry face of Professor McGonagall. Harry's eyes filled up with tears. I'm sorry... He whispered, voice now choked and broken. I'm sorry to have disappointed you. I'm sorry too, Mr. Potter, she said sternly, and handed him the newly restricted time-turner. You may go. Harry turned and fled from her office, sobbing. She heard his feet pattering away down the hall, and then the sound cut off as the door swung closed.
2: I'm sorry too, Harry,
0: she whispered to the quiet room.
2: I'm sorry too.
0: Fifteen minutes into lunch hour. No one was speaking to Harry. Some of the Ravenclaws were shooting him looks of anger, others of sympathy. A few of the youngest students even had looks of admiration, but no one was talking to him. Even Hermione hadn't tried to come over. Fred and George had gingerly stepped near. They hadn't said anything. The offer was clear and its optionality. Harry had told them that he would come over when dessert started, no earlier. They had nodded and quickly walked away. It was probably the utter expressionless look on Harry's face that was doing it. The others probably thought he was controlling anger or dismay. They knew, because they'd seen Flit would come and get him, that he'd been called to the headmaster's office. Harry was trying not to smile, because if he smiled, he would start laughing. And if he started laughing, he wouldn't stop until the nice people in white jackets came to haul him away. It was too much. It was just all too much. Harry had almost gone over to the dark side, His dark side had done things that seemed, in retrospect, insane. His dark side had won an impossible victory that might have been real and might have been a pure whim of a crazy headmaster. His dark side had protected his friends. He just couldn't handle it anymore. He needed Fox to sing to him again. He needed to use the time turner and go off and take a quiet hour to recover, but that wasn't an option anymore, and the loss was like a hole in his existence, but he couldn't think about that because then he might start laughing. Twenty minutes. All the students who were going to eat lunch had arrived. Almost none had departed. The tapping of a spoon rang through the great hall.
1: If I may have your attention, please. Harry Potter has something he would like to share with
0: us. Harry took a deep breath and got up. He walked over to the head table with every eye staring at him. Harry turned and looked out at the four tables. It was becoming harder and harder not to smile but Harry kept his face expressionless as he spoke his brief and memorized speech. The truth is sacred, Harry said tonelessly. One of my most trusted possessions is a button which reads, Speak the truth, even if your voice trembles. This, then, is the truth. Remember that. I'm not saying it because I am being forced to say it. I'm saying it because it is true. What I did in Professor Snape's class was foolish, stupid, childish, and an inexcusable violation of the rules of Hogwarts. I disrupted the classroom and deprived my fellow students of their irreplaceable learning time, all because I failed to control my temper. I hope that not a single one of you will ever follow my example. I certainly intend to try never to follow it again. Many of the students gazing at Harry now had solemn, unhappy looks upon their faces, such as one might see at a ceremony marking the loss of a fallen champion. At the younger parts of the Gryffindor table, the look was almost universal. Until Harry raised his hand. He did not raise it high. That might have appeared preemptory. He certainly did not raise it towards Severus. Harry simply raised his hand to chest level and softly snapped his fingers, a gesture that was seen more than heard it was possible that most of the head table wouldn't see it at all. This seeming gesture of defiance when sudden smiles from the younger students and Gryffindors, and coldly superior sneers from Slytherin, and frowns and worried looks from all others. Harry kept his face expressionless. Thank you, he said. That's all.
1: Thank you, Mr. Potter,
0: said the headmaster.
1: And now Professor Snape has something to share with us as well.
0: Severus smoothly stood up from his place at the head table.
1: It has been brought to my attention that my own actions played a part in provoking the admittedly inexcusable anger of Mr. Potter, and in the ensuing discussion I realized that I had forgotten how easily injured are the feelings of the young and immature.
0: There was a sound of many people emitting muffled chokes at the same time. Severus continued as if he had not heard. The potions classroom is a dangerous place, and I still feel that strict
1: discipline is necessary. But henceforth, I will be more aware of the emotional fragility of students in their fourth year and younger. My deduction of points from Ravenclaw still stands, but I will revoke Mr. Potter's detention.
0: Thank you. There was a single clap from the direction of Gryffindor, and faster than lightning, Severus's wand was in his hand, and— Quietus! Silenced the offender. I will still demand discipline and respect in all my classes. And anyone who trifles with me will regret it. He sat down. Thank you too, Headmaster Dumbledore said cheerfully. Carry on. And Harry, still expressionless, began to walk back to his seat in Ravenclaw. There was an explosion of conversation. Two words were clearly identifiable in the beginning. The first was an initial, What? Beginning many different sentences such as, What just happened? And, What the hell? The second was SCOURGIFY, as students cleaned up the dropped food and spit out drinks from themselves, the tablecloth, and each other. Some students were weeping openly. So was Professor Sprout. At the Gryffindor table, where a cake waited with 51 unlit candles, Fred whispered, I think we may be out of our league here, George. And from that day onward, no matter what Hermione tried to tell anyone... It would be an accepted legend of Hogwarts that Harry Potter could make absolutely anything happen by snapping his fingers. End Chapter 18 Thank you to the following people.
2: Minerva McGonagall, read by Autumn Rachel Dryden.
0: Dumbledore, Drake Walker.
1: Severus Snape by Brian Jones. Fred and George Weasley by Greg Krauss.
0: This chapter's original text, production notes, and attribution links, along with archives and much more, can be found at hpmorpodcast.com. If you would like to learn more about the art of rationality, please visit lesswrong.com, an online community of aspiring rationalists founded by Eliezer Yudkowsky. Some sound effects used are courtesy of the Free Sound Project. The music used is Catch That Goblin by Skaven. Come back next week for Chapter 19 delayed gratification.